Holly Cotton here, and you guys know I'm all about community empowerment, especially when we're talking about minority empowerment. And I have Alan Thornton today, who is actually the CEO and founder of 40 Acre Conference. And it is a huge to do with the gala and all of the events are actually this weekend. So we're trying to get him on here, get some promo, get some momentum going so you guys can go out and support and, and be a part of this huge event. And Alan is also going to break down how this became his passion, what he's trying to do with this, how he is trying to be the change. So welcome, Alan. How you doing? Pleasure to be here. Glad to yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And let me tell y'all, because Alan, he was way too busy for your girl today. I always, I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm walking around thinking I'm somebody, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, the bougie one. And then, then somebody like Alan comes along. That's got 38 more jobs than I do. And I'm like, Oh, well, I guess I have to be flexible for him. So he penciled me in today, you guys. So thank you, Alan. We appreciate that. <laughs> opposite, opposite. I'm pleasure to be here. Glad we were able to make this work. Yes, of course, of course. So before we talk about the conference and, and everything that's going on and, and about the mission and we're going to save the world, let's rewind to Alan Thornton when he started off just in corporate America, yeah. working, how that thought process started to where you were like, okay, I need to take all of this that I've learned to now do something else. So rewind and tell us the story of how you started to where we are today. So I'll, uh, I'm actually going, first and foremost, thank you, Holly, for taking the time to interview me uh, right before our event. And uh, congratulations on all of your accomplishments. I know you interview a lot of people, but definitely want to uh, give you your flowers before you receive your award this weekend. And thank you for all the work that you, you've done. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but before that, and you said rewind, and I think it's important. I won't spend too much time, but I'm actually going to rewind a little bit before, before that, uh, to when I was a kid and why this is so important to me, because the, the, the certain areas that we impact from the underserved kids to the, the veterans to formerly incarcerated, all these things are have been important to me because they were things that I experienced throughout or was close to experiencing throughout the duration of my life. So when I, I can never forget when I was a, a little kid. So I grew up in Fort Bliss in, in El Paso, Texas, West Texas. Most people don't know that there's even black people there, but there's a huge base out there, right? Um, only second to Fort Hood as far as uh, big army bases, right? So a lot of African-Americans go there and Actually, people think it's a, a one-horse town, especially in Texas, over a million people there. But when I grew up, there was a lot of anybody that growing up on the, the east side and my grandma's on the northeast, right, right next to the base. And I can remember being at a barbershop, right, when I had a lot more, uh, a lot more hair. Keep it while you got it, fellas. Um, <laughs> I remember going in and my mom was always drop-dead gorgeous. And I remember when I was probably about five or six, a uh, little younger than my daughter right now. And I was always hustling, always trying to cut people's yards, even at a young age. And everybody that I grew up, up around that really had the things that I thought I want, right? The material things what, that you look at when you're younger, 
And I was probably a little older, probably probably not, because my daughter's nine. I was probably eight or nine, just thinking about it conceptually. And I remember this guy jumped out of a Range Rover, and I was that was like my dream car at that at that point. And little did I know, I asked if I could work with him, and he was leaving the barbershop because I was always like doing different things for my mom. She owned a nail salon. I was always handing out flyers and doing things. And I said, hey, man, what do you do? I would love to work with you. And he said, yeah, he said something. My mom got in between us. And at that point, she said, don't ever talk to my son again. And I didn't really understand that moment. And when we got home, she said, look, baby, there's a lot of things that you can do, but promise me. And she made me look her in the eyes. And I say this in our book, our Money for Your Mission book, book series. Promise me you will never sell drugs. That guy that you were talking about or talking to was a drug dealer. And I didn't really understand the magnitude of that moment. But later on, when I was hustling hard and people saw me selling CDs and I had things going at multiple different schools, people always approached me and said, man, if you can sell this, like you can push easy. But in a lower, deep ingrained conditioning from my mom, I had already made that promise to, and I'm, I'm out of my word, that I would not sell drugs because I would have been very good at it. Right. I knew how to push product. I knew I learned. I actually learned how to sell CDs from a guy I was in an alternative class with because I, I was getting I was never a bad kid, just energetic. And they didn't know what I they didn't know what to do with me. Right. Because they're like, even now, they're like, I we don't understand you. Right. You have A's and B's, but you're with all the thugs and you're with like and you play sports. But like there's got to be something going on here. And they really couldn't find out what was wrong. I was just, I had a broad audience because I didn't really fit in anybody's box and it confused a lot of people still not. Right. You'll see me with Lil flip. Then you'll see me with the mayor. It, it kind of confuses people, right? These things don't mix. And I remember uh, going back real young, a lot of us when we we're young, they said, Hey, by the time that you're 18, a lot of you will be dead or in jail. And in this program um, that I went to, because I was at one high school when I went up, I was always hustling, doing different things, but it was always legitimate. Um, but all my friends, right, were doing all kinds of different things. And I grew up on a border town, which is like the capital of of drugs, right? Every single- That's what I was going to say when you said El Paso. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Every weekend. So I used to promote it. And I tell people, look, if I did not, if there was social media when I was in high school, because I used to promote at three different schools um, that all, were all on, on one street, both, all 5A schools at that time, right? 800, um, 800 classes each, 3,000 students each. Very populated, dense place. If I would have had social media back then, I would have been a millionaire in high school. Right. So because I used to bring all those kids over over to the border and I used to promote at different places and we used to always get approached. Hey, man, just drive this truck and it looked good. So one of the other things real young and I, I know we're spending a lot of time on this, but it's important because why it's important to me now all comes from my childhood. I remember when I was 16, I was promoting at this club and um, one of this one of these guys, he was really, you know, those guys that think they're the king of the club. Right. You're 16, 17, 18, living the life like you're 24, 25. And open bar, $10, drinking John. It was a lot of fun. And he had lost, he was driving these trucks over. He had made a bunch of money, but he lost a load. And he got spooked at the border, ran back. And we told him, look, you need to disappear. 
and one day we were at the club and you know people get into fights it happens out there but this time it got a little bit more serious and the cops were being more aggressive i mean they they're always aggressive they have ak-47s it's not like in america and we saw them literally and we tried to jump in and my boy's like look it's not one of my friends in spanish said look it's not about that and they literally beat him to death in front of us with, with flashlights 16 years old right and that's when i really learned look that I know I promised my mom, but I know this ain't for me, right? This is not the life that that I want to live. And a, a lot of my friends made a bunch of money, but also did some time and went to jail. And I had to get out of that environment. A lot of times these underserved kids, there's a lot of kids with very, I mean, they're brilliant when it comes to business talent and hustle. But what they don't know is they don't know strategy sometimes, and they don't know they don't have the right product. You can keep that same hustle. And if you're given another opportunity with another, keep the hustle, change the product, you can literally change your life. A lot of veterans, right? Because I grew up in Fort, they come out, they go to the military to escape their environment, and then they come right back home, but they don't know what to do. And they ended up, right? They just served their country and now they're in jail, right? People that come out and made a mistake and ended up going to jail. I've had friends who've had family members, right? One of my friends, really good friends. His brother did five years came back and couldn't get a job because he was a felon. And at that time, when you start to lose hope, where there is no vision, the people, and he perished, right? He ended up, he ended up committing suicide um, because nobody would give him a shot. So with all these things that have happened and, and kind of speed up and, and go forward, uh, working in corporate America. So I know both sides. I know the book in the street, which is very rare. Right. And I know how to just like in sports, like I play basketball. Once you know how to create your own shot, you can literally become un unstoppable. Right. And I learned how to create my own shot, not only in the street, but also in corporate America. But I understood in corporate America, you can only go so far. You can only go as far as somebody really wants you to go. Right. And if you can keep those same connections and just get on the other side and connect with government officials, they have money to give out and contracts with that same skill set that you have. You just, instead of an, of an employee, you're a, mi a minority contractor and you can go get the contract and hire people to do what you do, right? And I learned that and started meeting people along the way. And I know that's a, a long answer to a short question, but the backgrounds is important because they're like, why do you care so much? Like you, you sold software, you could go and disappear and not get any rock thrown at you. And right. Because when you start a big conference like that, your biggest op opposition is going to be your own people, which is crazy, but that's what it is. So let me let you ask more questions. <laughs> no, no, that I, <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. We're gonna we're gonna keep it positive. We ain't Cat William Cat Williams in Williams <laughs> But it's so funny because every time that I have someone on my show that is a successful entrepreneur, we always sidebar on how we have this hustler mentality that was imprinted on us since we were young. And then that's why you wind up doing all of these variety of jobs and, and like for you, you know, you were like, okay, I, 
I know um, it's always been embedded. I'm in sales. I'm doing this now. I'm, and so everything that you're doing, it comes easy for you. And also I know that for me, like when I'm not doing 30 things, I feel so lost. Cause I'm like, why am I not being productive? What is, go <laughs> what is going on? You're used to a certain pace. Yeah. I know. I just told my daughter the other day, I was like, um, okay, I'm about to write another book because I, I need to be doing something else. Like, and she's like, you already have so many jobs. I'm like, it's okay. Don't worry. I, I, I got too much downtime. <laughs> I need to be doing something in this time. So tell us how you, okay. So I could tell you that I know just kind of going into this entrepreneurial world and probably in like maybe the last mm, five to 10 years, there has been a huge influx of all of, all of this, these conferences and things that people are doing. And cause I remember like 10 years ago, like you said, social media, you, I, there was probably stuff going on, but nobody knew about it because we didn't have all of the, the, the social media ads and the sponsored ads and all of this that we have now. So remind to whenever you went to your first conference, like what, what in ignited that passion in you where you were like, I want to start my own conference. This is what it's going to be. This is how I'm going to run it. Like, was there a bad experience at someone else's conference or did you just see something and, and you were like, I'm going to take this and do this with it. So tell us how 40 acre conference came about. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you, uh, it, it comes from a few of those relationships, um, a few past failures uh, that propelled me forward and um, just out of necessity as well, which, you know, when, when you're put under extreme pressure, sometimes the same things that are kind of sinking you are actually teaching you to swim once you understand what's really under that. So if you, if you fast forward back, so after... In the corporate world, I had a very successful career selling enterprise software for some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Uh, I came out of college, uh, went to New Mexico State for a year, um, went to, there to play ball, didn't really work out uh, the way I wanted it to. Ended up graduating from UTSA, Texas, San Antonio, ran a bunch of organizations out of there, started a organization called Men of Honor, like along that same journey, because I've always been one of those people stupid enough to think I, I can change the world. Right. So I uh, have the audacity. Right. I just don't um, hear recently Eric Thomas. And he says, you know, there's a few people that are stupid enough that think they can make a difference. And I, I have always been one of those people and I've only hung around with people like that. So I'll give you an example. In 2006, uh, the, gra the graduation population of African-American males that graduated in a five year period at the college I went to, Texas, San Antonio, was less than six percent. So we said that was absolutely unacceptable. So we started an organization called Men of Honor and through campus and community involvement, we were able to do a lot of different events, uh, a lot of different socials, right? Keeping what I knew as a promoter, but putting professional development. I used to run Toastmasters as well at the, at the campus. And with that, and it became, we, at first we got rocks thrown at us by other fraternities. I'm like, look, a, a bunch of us are about to be Greek and y'all throwing rocks at us because we're throwing a community ser service organization. We're not divine nine. And later on, some of us became Greek, but needless to say, when you start, your biggest opposition will be your own people. And I've learned that throughout the duration of my whole life. 
now it's uh, 80 chapters across the world, right? And we build that in since 2006. We just had what almost 15 year anniversary. We've been doing that, and it really propelled because that same graduation rate went from 6% to 34% to 72%, where it is now upwards above 70% at Texas San Antonio. And I can't say it's, there's probably other pro, the other programs that were involved as well and other funding that happened after that, but I can tell you where it was before us. And, you know, as you start to propel, different people will jump on to the thing that you're doing and it will grow. So, so to answer your, your, your question about the conference, the same thing happened. So just a little bit before that. So I went to graduated. We did Men of Honor, still going out very strong, 80 chapters across the world in five different countries. And we started that, right? To see that kind of grow was incredible. Um, after that, I, I worked at Paychex for a while when I graduated college through a failure because I was working for a real estate development company. And we had at 21, when we, we started, we had 30 houses. We had a bunch of, we had a commercial property and then the 2008 bus hit, lost everything. So I'm like, look, let me go. I got this degree. Mama told me to get a degree, get an education. So I went to work for a company called Paychex, did that for a little bit. Um, that's how I ended up coming to Houston. I got a promotion as a territory manager from there, I got promoted and I sold that EMC, sold enterprise software and backup re recovery systems. Then I elevated at a, sold ERP systems for Infor, co competed against the big guys, the SAP, the Oracle. So not only do I know how to sell out a big, and that's, that's also important in software. If you can sell just with a big name, anybody can do that. But when you can sell when nobody knows your name, that's when you really learn how to sell because it's your product, it's your solution, it's your skill set way more than it is your name, right? Because anybody can sell, if you sell shoes, anybody can sell Jordans. But if you're a brand new brand and learning how to do that and learning some of those, those skills and those traits really helped me along later on, a few years later in my entrepreneur life. So sold enterprise software against the big guys, ran the whole Western US, uh, came to a startup uh, back to Houston because my baby, I was traveling all, all over the country and that took a toll on my personal and professional life. I was making a ton of money, but I, was, I wasn't at home a lot, right? And I had a new, I had a uh, newborn little one and me and my ex-wife ended up splitting up when my daughter was one. Right. And, but that also, I had this beautiful baby girl that I had to, you know, make sure I was around for and really took that to a next level and, and took fatherhood to a next level. Cause I got this baby. I, I have three days a week. Right. And I got to manage travel and everything else, which really it was a lot of pressure at first, but then I learned how to manage it. And it's been incredible with my little girl who's now nine. So. Uh, sold that rubric and that's, we're about to exit. They're about to go public. So it's going to be my first exit, which is cool. Um, after that, I, during the pandemic, I said, look, it's time. It's the corporate thing was great, but all these skill sets, I, I need to learn how to do this and do it with my own thing. So I started a, a software company and we did that. And we, we did, we started with just grants. Then we started with government contracts. 
right? That's how I know like people can really get the bag with government contracts, how people get over $28 million in government contracts. And when that happened and the pandemic hit a bunch of our clients and we grew that to a seven figure business, which was incredible. A bunch of our clients started getting hit with the, the pandemic and started not paying our fees. And I'm like, ah, right. People over us over, over $1.3 million. And I can't pay my employees with air. I had 24 employees. So out of necessity, and, and some people are like, oh man, like everything was great. You have this great company and nah, like people owed me a bunch of money. I had to go back, went back and uh, run the whole, run the analytics uh, division for Salesforce. Cause they saw that I, they knew what I was, could do as an entrepreneur and some people, and this is a self-limited belief and I, I don't know who this is for. But sometimes as an entrepreneur, you're afraid to go back. You're like, man, if, if I fell, damn, I don't want to go back. I don't want, want to have to. And sometimes that journey going back will actually propel you to get other things. And that's what it did. And, and during the same time, um, this was like 2021, a, a real pivotal thing. And I'm going to answer your other question. What, what made you start the 40 Acre Conference? What I saw is I was getting a lot of grants and government people, government contracts for people that didn't look like me. Right. And there was, it was, we were making money, but it wasn't fulfilling, right? The impact wasn't there. Not to say that to be disingenuous to other people that don't look like me, but if I can help people that look like me and I know that particular skill set and what it takes, I'd like to do that because I know there's other opportunities they're not getting. And when, Around that time and the George Floyd thing happened, um, there were a bunch of companies that said, look, there's some bad things that happened to the black community. I'd like to give a million dollars. I'd like to give a hundred million dollars. I'd like to give a billion dollars. Holly, I'd like to give $30 billion, right? And the numbers got crazy and we added all that up. It was close to $300 billion in 2020. And so math is my best subject but history is what I enjoy the most. And I was just reading back and, and looking at history, right? Cause we had a lot of time during the pandemic. And I said, this is not gonna happen, right? This is going to be, and I, I remember reading it. This is going to be another 40 acres in a mule where there's a great promise just, just to, Hey, okay. Mm -hmm. sh stop burning our shit. Mm -hmm. Right. Please, like stop the up. riots. Right. Mm -hmm. Let me appease throw a lot of press to this day, Holly, less mm -hmm. than 7% of that money has actually been dispersed three years later. And we saw that in 2021 in 2020. So in 2021, what I said, um, is what we're going to do is, so what, what we're going to do is we're going to create a conference or a, a platform. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just did it. Right. We're going to create, because I'd never done a conference. I'd never done a workshop. I'd, I'd never work with coach. I, I work with one, Jonathan Sprinkle. Shout out to him. He's the best connection coach in the world. But I didn't really know what I was doing. I just kind of did it and acted on faith without knowing the next step. So I remember I said, I'm going to do this 40-acre thing. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? Because once I get into something, I get almost, I get obsessed. And I said, I'm going to make this happen. I don't know how, but I'm going to go here and that here's going to get me there. Mm -hmm. So I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma on the centennial of Black Wall Street, right? 
of the race massacre. This is in uh, May 30th of 2021. And I, I wrote down because I'm big on manifestation. I wrote down, look, I'm going to meet. Nobody knew who I was. I didn't have a following. I could speak, but nobody like really rocked with me. I was just coming out of corporate. Like, so I wrote down, I'm going to meet some influencers. I'm going to have a meet very influential people, influencers, celebrities, government officials. Just wrote that down. And I said, I'm going to go do a black bottle flight, went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So in a small, I met Sheila Jackson Lee, which is actually from Houston. And I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't know her. She didn't know me, but I remember in a small room, she talked about Juneteenth being a federal holiday, right? And because everybody was riled up and talking about the things that they could do to bring our people forward. I met some of the black wall street survivors. And I remember people in the back of the room saying Juneteenth as a federal holiday, that'll never happen. Right. That it's hard enough. Holly, it's hard enough to get a federal holiday, a black federal holiday. That ain't gonna happen, right? So I took that, put it, put it in, put it in the vault, and I remember walking up to her and said, "Look, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe you're going to do it. And when you do, I have this forty acre thing. I'd love to work with you." And she said, "Okay, right? Like, you want a picture?" So we took a picture, and she probably thought she'd never hear from me. Also in a small room in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I met, I met four guys, five guys, actually. I met, it was this thing. And, uh, the young lady I was with said, Hey, you want to go this thing? And I, I, I think I heard of them, but I, I didn't really know what it was. So I went, we came through and it was a small barbershop on Greenwood Avenue in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I met Hill Harper. I met Rashad. I met Troy. I met Ian Dunlap and I met. Michael McDonald, most people know him as Earn Your Leisure. But this is before InvestFest. This is before the world tours. This is this is at a small barbershop in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was actually packed. And I asked Mike, one of the guys, he's the co-CEO, and he'll be here, incredible thing, full circle. He'll be here uh, this weekend. He said, hey, man, I'm going to let you in, but, you know, whatever you do once you get there, you know, that's on you. That's on you. That's on so you, right. I got in. He didn't know you was a salesman. You like, sir, I just need to Bro, get in. Bro, just let me in. He's like, you know, I don't know what you're going to do, but go ahead. I'm the same way. I'm like, just get me in. Don't worry. I don't need nothing else. Just get me in. I'm good. And I got in the room. And that room, Holly, changed my life because at that time, they had talked about, and this is a long culmination of of build up to your question of what was the event that changed that made you realize that you could actually do this thing that you can actually make this happen in that small room in Tulsa Oklahoma they talked about doing invest fest and at that time it didn't make sense like financial literacy and entertainment and putting it together nobody's ever done that right and they said it and i remember in the back of the room again saying man these guys are youtubers why are they talking about a conference right like <laughs> That don't make sense. Just do do the YouTube thing. This is cool, right? And people will try to put you in the box. Your own people. People look just like you. Mm-hmm. And I remember them. I came, took a picture with all. I said, "Hey, I got this forty acre thing. I don't know how to package it, but when I really do, hope we, y'all will pull up and you know, same thing. You want a picture? Like that? Probably thought they'd never see me again. Mm-hmm. Ninety days, ninety days later, right. exchange contact information. 
Hill Harper was actually the first speaker at my conference. 90 days later, I saw them execute InvestFest, the most incredible thing I've ever seen. They put 4,000 people in the room with nobody really knowing what it was, and it was the most incredible thing ever, right? And people think, don't diminish small beginnings because people think they have to be InvestFest. 90 days later, I didn't know how to package what I had and I paid a coach, right? And that's so important. A lot of us don't want help and a lot of us don't seek help. And I actually said, hey, I went to a guy I knew that could help me and I paid him as a coach. And I said, hey, help me, pa- I have these ideas, just help me package them. And he helped me package my ideas and got me to a place four times faster, introduced me to the Houston mayor, introduced me to the host of Ready Love, introduced me to a bunch of different influencers to make my conference impactful. City of Houston was my first sponsor. That was a phone call through a coach that I had procured, right? At this, uh, at the Hunter Black Men Gala. 90 days later, I executed my first conference, even though like things were shutting down. If you remember, they shut down the parade, they made it virtual and people, at, when I first started my conference, they're like, man, celebrity government officials, people were calling me. What do you think you're doing? Like, nobody's ever done stuff like this. It's going to be a flop. My own people. The people I was trying to put this on were my biggest opposition. Ah, you don't know. Like, you're not even from Houston. You're not even, you're not this, you're not that, you're not. And what I, what I learned early on is you can either buy people's opinion of you. You're, you're buying or selling. Like, Grant Cardone, I'm a big fan. You're either buying or selling. You're either buying people's opinion of you or you're selling them on who you are and not giving, right, any energy to anything else. Mm. And you you got to do one of the two, but you can't do both. So during that time, when we executed that first conference, another thing, and there's always something every, this is our fifth one, and I'll, I'll give you the culmination of each one. After this conference, so we streamed to 200 countries out of necessity, right? That's something that we had to do that we weren't going to do before because we we're going to be all in person. But we streamed to 200 countries and people in Africa started listening to our stuff. I got a call four days after the conference from the Congo. And they said, hey, we love what you have. And I, I'm a little embarrassed about this. I hung up on them because I thought it was a scam. <laughs> We'd love you to come to Africa. All right, cool, man. <laughs> right? Because you hear all kinds of stuff. But they were serious. And I ended up getting an all-expense-paid trip to Africa. Not because of who... I didn't have a following. I'm like, man, this is either going to be really incredible or this is it, right? They're going off me right here. Some type of hostage situation. But what they wanted was a pipeline of African-American influencers. And even though I wasn't an influencer, they saw over 40 to 80 speakers that I had put together that were a lot more popular than me, right? Hill Harper, CEO Matty J, like all all these people, Congolian billionaire, all these people. And they're like, we need you. Like, what, what, what you, like you start to get imposter syndrome. I'm not, you don't want me. Like, I'm like, you, <laughs> I'm, I ain't it. And you start to tell yourself that, but you got to get over that. It's hard to get over that. And mm-hmm. um, the second conference, and this is, this is also a pivotal point, the foundation of the work that you start, and this goes in sales or whatever you do, usually in sales. And I tell people, cause I build 
sales teams for people, high level influencers, the work that you do three weeks to three months before, that's what you see today. So what you see today is not what you're doing today. It's the work that you put in before. So fast forward, remember that room in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a year later, Juneteenth actually becomes a federal holiday. And I go to Sheila Jackson Lee with a proposal and I said, hey, um, Honorable Sheila Jackson Lee, I talked to you and I, you know who I am? No. Okay, well, let me send you some pictures. And that's why I always take pictures. We send you some pictures. I met you in Tulsa. Oh, cool, great. How can I help? Well, here's what I, I want to do. Uh, I know that congratulations on making Against All Odds Juneteenth a federal holiday. What I would like to do is establish a Juneteenth Hall of Fame for entrepreneurs that have done great things for our community. 30 days later, as a minority supplier, I personally, our organization, the 40 Acre Conference, owns the Juneteenth Hall of Fame globally, right? And that's because I was in the room when those things were going down, when they were talking about it, and a lot of people didn't think it was going to happen. And that's why I tell people it's so important. Now, fast forward, when we have millionaires and billionaires and government officials in the room, you never know who you're going to meet if you go there with a clear intention about what you want to do, even if you don't have it all packaged, right? Go with what you got and other people will fill in the gaps along the way. If you're a person of faith, just walk out and take the first step. You may not know any other steps. Then we had our, our next one, right? We had MLK and I called, same thing, earn your leisure. Hey, I told people I was going to rent out a theater. And I was going to do, uh, they saw me do the, the Juneteenth Hall of Fame. Now I'm going to do a bigger one with MLK and, and, you know, not only highlight. And I got a lot of flack from the black community about this. People like, ah, your awards suck, blah, blah. Thank you. And then I started rewarding people. <laughs> Appreciate that. I started rewarding people that were not black, that supported the black community. And I got flack about that. Ah, you're, you're awarding Hispanics and Caucasian people that, are supporting the black community. You don't care that much about black people. I'm like, if you look, even the million man March, because one of my mentors was there, who's one of the photographers, 20% of those people were not black. You will never get where you want to be. If your audience is a hundred percent, the black community, never. Right. If you want to really help your people, you're going to have to go outside of your people. Cause your people are going to throw rocks at you anyway. <laughs> No matter what you do, they'll never, it'll never be perfect, right? So I learned that and I started uh, highlighting people even outside of the black community that, cause it's, it's the dream, bringing people together and helping people. Mm -hmm. Not only do we get to sit at the lunch counters for people that don't look like us, those people, if we have a good enough idea, will actually invest in us to do other things, right? For the black community because they want to help they see there's certain people that do not look like this that have really seen that there have been some wrongdoings in the black community and say hey i want to help i'm not this this conference has never been about and if it's if we get it that's cool it's like icing on the cake people are like oh well this is a reparations conference opposite right this is a present proposals and presentations conference i'll meet people in the room, mm -hmm. get in the room, meet the right people, come with your best ideas and put something together so you can execute. 
And that's what we've been able to do in our Juneteenth Hall of Fame. We did a bunch of events and people are like, man, you're crazy. You do all these events. And the reason we do all these events and we highlight people even outside of the black community is to get a broader audience, because this is going to when I say it's the biggest conference in the world on MLK and Juneteenth, I said that before we did one conference and now it is right. Stream to 200 countries have all these people coming in. I said we'd have millionaires and billionaires and influencers and celebrities before we would. And now we have all those people, right? It took time to actually make that come to fruition. So last MLK, I I called Earn Your Leisure and I said, look, you remember me? I was at, no, we don't remember you. Hey, picture, right? (laughs) Like meet meet hundreds of thousands of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you're always the guy in the suit and you got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I told people I was going to rent out a whole theater and I told them I'd have influencers, government officials, and they didn't believe me, rented out the theater on faith with zero tickets sold. And then I called on your leisure and, and, um, said, Hey, I'd love for you. I got an award for you. Love the things that you're doing. I had connected with, uh, with 19 keys at, at another one. I connected with some other people and they came, look, they came through. I knew a lot of these guys before they got big and they came through. And after that, they said, oh, damn, they really came. Right. And some people top in tickets and we ended up selling out the, the first point, not to the point that of both sides, but we will this time. And people saw, wow, that's and you get to the point where people are like ridiculing you to where they're laughing at you to where they're like, oh, damn, OK, this is a real thing. Now people are asking me, hey, man, can I get a free? What do you mean? You want a free ticket to something that you said sucked? Why? <laughs> Why? Because once you show people it's a thing, then yeah, it's a, Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I've let, let, man, I've always loved the work that you... Come on, man. So <laughs> I know I'm, I'm walking through, through a lot, but to answer your question before, it was... Uh, and shout out to, to Earn Your Leisure because they have given and they've created, they're getting one of our biggest awards and actually launched our, our new Legacy Builder Awards um, just a little bit more. That next Juneteenth, not only did we do 100 events in 10 days and we did that, people were like, it's too many events. I do things sometimes just to prove to myself that I can do it. I don't care what everybody else thinks. And to some people that's just, it's insane. And sometimes it's insane to me, but when I write down and I, I feel like I have an assignment, I just do it just on faith. And, and somehow it comes together. I had a, we had millionaires and billionaires there, had the Juneteenth Hall of Fame, had some of the, the biggest people, started a film festival. I, I said, hey, we're going to have a film festival, and I've never even done production. We had one of the biggest screen, a 65-foot screen, that somebody said, hey, you're having a film festival? We just moved to Houston. We would love to do something because we're building this space. They built us a $100,000 screen, right? And we did a fashion show and everything, which was absolutely incredible. So this next one, I said, look, um, and I started learning a little bit. I went down to New Orleans. I've been traveling a little bit. And I started learning more about art. And I said, you know what would be really cool if we can not only give people, because most people you look at things, but they don't pay attention. 
if you listen to Jay-Z's old song, he talks about art when he was making $10 million. Now he's a billionaire, but he's made a lot of money in art. And he says, look, and I started learning a little bit more about art. And I said, what would be really great is if the people that actually, you know, showed up actually came in, if not only we gave them an award, but we gave him an art piece. One of my mentors, Mike Roberts, I just got off the phone with him. He'll be here. He's been at almost last three conferences. He's a billionaire, right? He talks about, and it, you know, the Ion downtown, he did that same thing in St. Louis, right? He's, and he's black. Did the same thing in, in St. Louis. Build the same thing from the ground up. Build a technology hub. Hotels built the same thing in Detroit sold it to another billionaire, Dan Gilbert, for $435 million. These are people that people will be able to touch that they really don't know, and that'll give you game. So I started learning the art game and started understanding augmented reality and NFTs and taking things to the next level. So I said, uh, just talking to some of my mentors, because it's not that I'm incredibly brilliant. I just write things down, network, and execute faster than most people. Right? I don't sit on the ideas. I execute with it kind of half-baked and ask people for help, which is something that a lot of our community is like, oh, you want help? You don't know what you're doing. What, or I look at it as the opposite. I'm like, hey, would you like to be part of it? Right. Some people will be like, ah, you don't know what you're doing. But then you'll get a few people that say, hey, change this, this, and this, and you got some. So let me show you this, and you're gonna actually going to get one of these, Holly. I went down to... All the culmination of everything. And you've asked me a few things. What inspired you for the conference? What inspired you when you were a kid? What inspired you? And, and learning all these different things, I said, I want to inspire everybody to whatever, the, whatever they're doing, wherever they are, to get to the next level. And it may not, and it's probably not me that's going to get you there. But with this network that we've built, I have the keys to whatever you want to do with just another connection with the people that'll be in that room. So I said, look, let's, I want to create, and I'm big on manifestation, right? I don't know if you followed us, but we own the number one manifestation shot in the world right now. And I said, what I'm going to create is an award. That's a manifestation piece that people can look at and be proud of that looks sexy. That is entertaining because black people don't like anything. If it's not entertaining, right? That's why financial literacy conferences blew up after your leader, yeah, right? Yeah. They had a few artists and then they give you the game. I'm coming. Oh, Jeezy's going to be there. Cool. Right. Then I saw Ash Cash, Mark, all these guys Then I saw 19T, all these guys that I've been on David and Mark, all, all these guys, Wall Street Chopper got on their stages. The same people I used to watch on YouTube. I now get to share stages, which, which is incredible. Like the journey is, is phenomenal. Um, so I said, look, putting all that together, taking entertainment, right? If, if somebody gets, a, most people know success when they're a kid, almost every kid in the black community, they say, Hey, I want to be a, a, a rapper. I want a platinum record. So knowing that that's already kind of ingrained what can we create to where it's that? And then entrepreneurship click funnels got popular and they have their two comma worlds. So that's popular. Um, a lot of people are really ingrained in history. So history motivates people when they hear the stories of like Madam C.J. Walker, big movie came out. People understand that story and they're like, man, she was able to do all this with little resources and make things happen. That's that. And then you take 
uh, slavery and, and, and the bondage and the, the oppression and not necessarily to shame other people, but to understand that that's something that we overcame and that 400 years of oppression has created a unique opportunity for you right now. So taking all that into account, and I know that's a lot, 4,000 years of history, right? You look at, and I don't know whether whether you're Muslim, whether you're Christian, whether you're Jewish, it doesn't matter. Um, it's all based on almost the same thing, the Torah. But we can agree there's certain events in history, like Moses, right? When he powered it, he was one of the first emancipators coming out. So all those things we put into this art piece, and this is an award with 4,000 years of history, 400 years of oppression, and it's a beautiful art piece. And we launched this at Art Basel. Mm. So it has over 400 iconic figures in it. It has just like you get a iconic platinum record from bonds, gold, silver, platinum, all the way up. And then what we're in, embedding into it is everybody that's in there, we're putting augmented reality so you can scan the code and see everybody's name on the wall from an augmented reality standpoint, um, which is the, the next level and um, gonna do NFTs for the people as you know a fundraising. The, the, each awardee actually gets the, the, in, the original piece. So what happens is this, this set will never happen again. There's a limited number of pieces. So once we go to Juneteenth, that actual award line, that 2024 awardees, those will double or triple in value, and it's an award piece on your wall, and you own it. So just put in a lot of different passion, a lot of different manifestation. And the good thing is um, what we've changed about our conference this year is we put different power coaches in different areas. So I have 20 different, I don't know if you've seen some of our lives, I have 20 different power coaches coming. So all involved in tech, our, our whole thing is find your place and own it because we need to understand niches. Everybody's good at something. A lot of people just don't know what our purpose is and what we really shine at. If we just find that one place that we shine at and either partner or hire out everything else and just focus on that and just do that to the best of our ability, that's something Steve Harvey calls your gift, right? It's that one thing that you do at the highest amount of efficiency with the least amount of effort and the most amount of impact for the people that you're serving. Once you find that thing, your gift, your purpose, you can go a thousand times faster. I was at church today with Pastor Keon and preached an incredible message. I was fortunate enough just to get him there. He just got back from Africa too. But he talks about his prison ministry and some of these guys coming out and they have great purpose. They just had a problem in the past, but taking into an account, and I'm going to teach a bunch of people, our goal is to teach over 100,000 people that are for, formerly incarcerated what I know in sales, and then help all of these high-powered people that come to our conference that are influencers that have really found their place and own it. I'm going to help them build their sales team with people that our society said were throwaways, because I can teach anybody. I've taught people in Africa and Colombia that, that didn't even speak English and did a better job than here because they have a better work ethic. But just helping people get to the next level just with the resources that we have right now. So I know that's loaded. I know I...
I know, and I was actually that was my that was going to be my final question. Um, so I want to just have because um, I want to do like a, a little reel and a, and be able to bullet point those those things. So the forty acre conference is about cash flow, community, and culture. Those are kind of the the key things that you want people to associate with the conference. Now, for someone that is sitting around that's saying, you know what, this is just another stupid conference. There's some more black people trying to do something that I don't need to be no but they trying to get some money from me. I'm not going to buy tickets. Don't come. I'm not doing something. I so tell them don't you, so if they um, say that, I tell them don't come. Okay, don't say that, Alan. I'm just <laughs> Now, don't let me ask my question again now, and you gonna answer it not like <laughs> Cat Williams, okay? So, Drink a little cognac, yeah, yeah. You sip while I'm asking my question. Okay, so back to being the change and being positive, Alan. <laughs> so, the conference is about cash flow, community, and culture. So, if there's someone that's sitting around and they're there, maybe they're they've heard this show, maybe they've seen some of the flyers, they've seen some of the people that they follow getting awarded or attending the event. So, what is it that you tell those people where they feel like maybe they don't have a place or there's not a purpose for them to go or they don't know what they're going to get out of it? So, in a real quick sum up. If someone is not knowing what cash flow community, all of those things have to do with them, what is it that you want them to know to, that they can take away from this event Absolutely. coming up? No, and I appreciate that question. And it's it's a just plan, but I'm serious, right? Because I've learned that amateurs convince professionals sort. So those people that are coming going to be skeptical and going to change the energy and the vibration of the room. They can do that at home and we have virtual tickets if you want to do that right the, those people that are really it's that's a different person than somebody that says man I, I really would like to be a part of that i just don't know where i fit in and i can tell you just get in the room and you will not be disappointed you will find your place and you'll be able to own it because we have seven really signature so showcases right if you're kind of uh if you're a golfer, but wants to get into entrepreneurship, like, or, or just wants to network, get on the golf course. We have a golf course. That's nothing like you've ever seen. Even if you don't play golf, get in that environment. Cause it's different. And we have a party at every single hole. It's going to be fun. You are at come to the gala. If you're like, man, I don't have a following. Nobody knows me. I can tell you when I first started my Instagram following, was probably 125 people like nobody knew me at all i was a i was incorporated and like so if you want to get around people of influence if you want to grow your following you can come to just the gala you could take 10 pictures and you can increase your following by two three thousand followers just because of the people that are there i mean you have billionaires you have people that have built the largest brand in the world right eyl people don't understand how big this is. They have built a billion dollar ecosystem. I say this, and people are like, ah, they haven't built a billion dollars. Yes, but here, I have a software background. So uh, let's take Salesforce. So Salesforce, their revenue right now is about 32 billion. They sell about 32 billion in, in software, about a uh, $300 million market cap. 
right? It's what they're valued at. But they have built a trillion-dollar ecosystem, meaning the people that do services around Salesforce, the people that have jobs as admins around. So when I say EYL, they built a billion-dollar ecosystem. There has been a number of conferences that come have come out of there. There's been a number of people that do financial literacy, write books and everything, because now it's cool to do that. Each and every one of you will have the opportunity to meet those same people, right? Meet the co-CEO that started that. Like whatever you're trying to do. And some of you will have the opportunity to work with them one-on-one. If you own a spa like Candice, like whatever you want to take to the next level. I got billionaires in the room, millionaires in the room, even if, right? Even if I may not be who you want to meet, that's fine. There's other people that you're going to find. If you're a woman entrepreneur, you'll meet some incredible entrepreneurs that are doing great things in media like Holly that you'll see get an award and you'll be able to vibe with. So if you don't feel like you have a place, you this is the exact place you need to be in so you can find that place. You're not going to find that place at home, right? You need- and I wanted to ask you this, Alan, because you you sparked a question that I wanted to ask because so many times I find people, and I'll say this, I, I can attest to it too. I get DMs or emails all the time from people. Oh my God, I saw an episode of your podcast. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you like your podcast is so successful. I want to start a podcast. Can you intern me? Can you, can you t- mentor me? And I'm like, okay, first of all, I need you to have a business idea, what you want to do, what direct, like I always say, I can give you the recipe, but you have to make the sauce. You can't be Holly Cotton. What do you want to do? That's why people who have podcasts, they might only have 15 episodes and then it falls off, you know, so you, you have to have an idea. So what I want to ask is for entrepreneurs, because there are so many of us that are out here and we have this hustle mindset. We have this mindset of, oh my gosh, I see this, look at them being successful. I think I should do that. I think I should do that. And you maybe don't know what your passion is. And like for you, like you said, you knew you wanted to have a conference. You knew these are the things that you had spoken to the universe. You had an idea. You just needed someone to guide you with getting those things in place. But a lot of people, they don't even have, they just know they don't want to work in corporate anymore. They don't want to do this anymore. They want to get in investing. They want to open a spa because they follow Candace. They want to, you know, so everyone is kind of like hodgepodge. So what advice do you have for people when they go to these events so that they can be networking with the correct people, writing the correct notes? Do you have to have a business idea in your head or what are they supposed to pull out so they know what direction to no, go That's a into? great question, especially at the new year. The biggest thing is even if you don't know what direction you want to go in, know why you want to go in that way, right? If you want to leave corporate, why? Do you have a young kid at home that you don't get to see a long time? Write down, I will create a business idea to where I can stay at home with my kid and generate X amount of dollars and write down what that X amount of dollars. And what you'll find, whatever you're looking for in life is looking for you. You will show up at this conference and the exact thing that you're looking for will end up popping up. You'll see Brian, right? Who's a power coach who can teach you how to flip real estate remotely and you can do it at home and you can buy real estate across the country 
while you're spending time with the kids and generate that exact amount of income that you wrote down on the paper. I don't know what it is for you, but I'm telling you, I have 20 people here that are absolutely incredible. If you're like, hey, I want to start a business, but it can't compromise my, my values or, or morals. Tuan and Corey, who are my coaches, I've been in Bible study with them for years, are kingdom coaches that will teach you how to start your own business and take it for A to Z. And they've generated $3 million in the last couple of years by doing that remotely. So whatever you want to do, even if you don't know exactly what you want to do, write down why you want to do it. And the biggest thing, take action, get in the room because whatever you're looking for is looking for you and you'll find it. You'll find it at this conference. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I mean, we have some of the, the top people. You'll see the production. I don't know if you've seen the, the stage, Holly. We have a 360 immersive stage. I mean, if you want to, and here's, here's something that we haven't done before. Uh, we have a sponsor that's coming in and we're doing this uh, together. And this is absolutely phenomenal. Not only are we sponsoring 500 kids, so if you have any kids, if you're underserved kids and, hey, it's tax season, you don't know what you're going to do. If you don't have any income right now and you're looking to generate income, come down to the 40 Acre Conference with a kid and we will give you general admission so you can find your place and own it. And we're giving 500 kids their own business, right? So they can go back to their place and employ their mama, auntie, cousin, right? And bring them and show them, they'll be assigned a legal mentor. They'll be assigned a sales mentor. And I'm gonna teach them how to sell remotely with AI. They'll be able to have their own tax business because that's what's hot right now during tax season. We'll do something else in June um, that they can generate. And I have somebody that has made $10 million in the tax business over the last few years that's actually going to give them their own software and have them employ people in their neighborhood and be able to do this globally. Cause our big goal, uh, and I think we may have talked about this earlier, Holly, our big goal, and this is going to sound crazy to a lot of people, but I'm going to throw it out there because I'm unapologetic about it. We are going to build 270 cities around the U S in Africa. And we're going to help people find their place and own it. And all, so most of you may know, we start with, we don't diminish small beginnings because we know where that can be. Um, I've seen a global empire being built out of small room in Tulsa, Oklahoma in a couple of years. And I'm gonna be a guy on a war that has built almost close to a hundred million dollars in income in the last two and a half years with the ecosystem, right? So I'm gonna show you that that's possible. But we're starting with 100 focused individuals, and then we're going to build a movement. The Million Man March really started with 100 focused individuals that really knew what they wanted. So I'm starting with 100 people that really know what they want. You'll see 20 of them here, and we are going to build an empire in 270 cities. Now, when I say empire, I'm not talking about being Caesar or, or Genghis Khan and taking over the world. I'm talking about helping people get the 40 acres that they deserve with what they already have right now. And that's what the 40 acre conference is about. We have our cash flow day. If you don't have any money at all, if you just got out, come down to the 40 acre conference, we'll help you. 
community is going to help you multiply that cash flow that you have and make money while you sleep with cash flow with a community initiative. And then the culture is putting everything together and making it entertaining at the same time. Right. Okay. So for anyone who's listening that wants to uh, follow, subscribe, support, whatever, whatever, drop all of that information. And I'm going to have it in the podcast notes as well. I was looking at your bio, but I don't want to, that's you, for you. So um, what's the information for the 40 acres or what, how can people reach out for um, to get in touch with it, get tickets? Just join us that. at legacy. Just, you can type, you can text legacy to 888-111 and you'll get a special to bring your whole squad coming through and we're making that really affordable. 888-111, you can get tickets there. You can also follow us at the 40 Acre Conference in our bio there. You can find the website, whatever you're looking for. If you want to be part of our tech competition, if you want to be part of our fashion show, if you want to be part of our gala, uh, if you want a weekend ticket, everything is there. So easy at 40 acre conference at on Instagram. Uh, and you'll see a lot of great things. You'll see some of our drops. Cause so many people, Holly will ask, Hey, is this real? We've been doing this for five times, like one time, two times, maybe you're skeptical. This is our fifth time, right? Like this has happened. Like I said, I was going to rent a whole theater two times ago. Like this is our third time doing it. So this is, it's going to happen and, and look at the lives like this is this is real because I know there's a lot of scams out there and there's a lot of people that say, hey, pull up this person. No, the proof is like we got the receipts for years. So. OK, I need a microphone. To just... <laughs> that was the mic. Mic drop. Mic drop. I appreciate that. Okay, great. So I will, again, like I said, I will have all of that information, 888-111-TEXT-LEGACY <clears throat> to that number. And I'll have um, all of the clickable links and the uh, social media handles in the podcast notes whenever we go live with the podcast as well. And then it is, what are the dates? 12, 12 through, through the, the 15th. 15? Yeah. The 12th is twelfth oh, okay. is the uh, golf tournament gala. The 13th is our cash flow day. And that is our million dollar panels, power coaching. And then we're going to culture. We're doing a, a pitch on the patio. People can pitch their, uh, their business to millionaires and billionaire investors right there on the patio while they're sitting, chilling, drinking cognac, smoking cigars, and asking them, really how they can help their business instead of them speeding through a pitch competition. Then we're going to go to Steve's spot at, off the record. Um, Sunday is our community day. We're going to do a big community giveaway as well as the, uh, as well as the million dollar panel and power coaching. And then we have our celebrity fashion show happening at seven lounge, which is going to be sexy. It's going to be fun. Have some fireworks inside. Don't even know if they allow that, but we're going to do it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> That's so funny. I just <clears throat> I just went to off the record last weekend on Friday. We had a section upstairs. Yeah, so we'll be so in that same section. That's so small world. Okay, look at that. All right. VIP all drinks on me. All drinks land on me, but um, it'll be um, VIP. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, well, that is Alan Thornton, you guys. Thank you, Alan, so much for being the change. I, too, aspire to be the change, so I'm right there with you of, of how we can impact the world in a positive way. So I love what you're doing, that's why I definitely wanted to highlight your story. So thanks for coming on and giving us all that information. Thank you so much. This has been an honor, a pleasure. I just want to leave people with this. Whatever you do, find your place and own it. Thank you for the time.